0: Welcome to Vet Zone, where passion for animals, science, and medicine lives. Malaria, thy name is shapeshifter. Malaria vaccine, part 1. The Chinese Neijing text, dating back more than 4000 years, attributes malaria to the machinations of three demons: one carrying a hammer, another a bucket of water, and one a stove. While this helped explain the headaches, chills, and fevers then, today vaccine researchers might be tempted to count a higher number of demonic forces at work. The plasmodium parasite which causes malaria undergoes 10 morphologic changes across five tissues in two different hosts. To make matters worse, multiple plasmodium species infect humans. For these reasons and more, Malaria has eluded vaccination attempts for more than 50 years. Malaria has claimed the lives of hundreds of millions of people, and the disease has shaped history. Among other infectious agents, malaria accelerated the decimation of the indigenous people of South America during the European colonization, and it hastened the fall of the Roman Empire. As two of the horsemen of the apocalypse, war and pestilence ride side by side. Even in North America, the disease impacted history. Malaria infected thousands of soldiers during the Civil War and claimed more U.S. lives than battle during the early days of the Pacific Campaign in World War II. While no longer endemic to the United States since 1951, malaria still resides in over a hundred countries, and by the time you finish listening to this podcast, more than eight children in Africa will have died from the disease. The WHO released 2015 data supporting over 200 million Plasmodium infections and over 400,000 deaths, children being largely overrepresented. When infected, mosquitoes of the genus Anopheles transmit the Plasmodium parasite into people while obtaining their blood meal. From here, the parasites work their way to the liver and then creep intracellularly. There they replicate. The affected liver cells rupture and all of the new parasites now move to the bloodstream where they infect red blood cells. Once inside the red blood cells, the parasites replicate again and on an exponential level. Here the clinical manifestations occur and death becomes a risk. So far the parasite reproduction has been asexual. Plasmodium likes to save sex for when they're inside the mosquito. <laughs> Go figure, dirty-minded little parasites. Thus, some of the organisms while inside the human red blood cell will differentiate into male and female versions. When these cells are slurped up by the mosquito, then the mosquito's midgut becomes a plasmodial sex palace. If the mosquito survives this parasitic orgy, yes mosquitoes are also negatively affected by the disease, although I trust this will garner little sympathy, then the cycle continues. Within this weird life cycle with multiple stages of asexual and sexual reproduction lies the challenges with vaccination. Typically, pathogens don't change that much within hosts. That's crucial because, from an antigenic perspective, these little guys shape shift during these stages. They also often reside within the cell, be it liver or blood cells. As a result, typical humoral vaccine stimulation that is, the formation of free-floating, extracellular antibodies, does not work well alone. For a malaria vaccine to work, researchers have needed to focus on several proteins at specific stages of infection. Now they have targeted the infectious stage that isolates the liver in 11 different vaccine attempts. For the later blood infection, over 20 vaccines have made it to clinical trials. Most have failed. The need for a robust, cell-mediated response has further complicated research. In the next podcast, we'll peek into the innovation of the current malaria vaccine, Moscorix, and tackle a few common veterinary vaccine terms along the way. Thanks for listening.